Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello and welcome to episode 327 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about the benefits of a knee compression sleeve. We'll be looking at what to look for in a good compression sleeve. We'll discuss the benefits of using a compression sleeve. We'll talk about some of the diagnoses that we treat with a knee sleeve and talk about the differences between a knee stabilizing brace and a knee compression sleeve and so much more. Um, so with that being said, uh, also, I want you to stay with me till the end because I'm going to tell you what my two favorite knee compression sleeves are. So I hope you're all having a great day so far. I know I am. Um, you know, we did a little snowshoeing this weekend, had some great coaching sessions with a few folks and uh, getting ready for CSM Boston 2024, which I'm super excited about. Um, already going to be connecting with some of the folks that, uh, you know, we uh, chat with in uh, in social media. So I'm um, stoked about that. Also working on our BFR online course, which is going to be coming out very soon. And I guarantee this will not disappoint um, I think you're gonna love this top to bottom from history to BFR uh, physiology practical application you name it this is going to be a non-biased course talking about many different devices so you can make your own decision about what works best for you and your clinical setting so enough about what's happening with me. Let's go on to why you are here today, which is to learn a little bit more about compression sleeves and I'm gonna be the first to tell you that I love a good knee compression sleeve. Uh, I use them all the time and I have for many years. Uh, but I think that um, it's important to understand a couple things first and that the two best ways to get rid of swelling in the knee would be elevation. So elevation of the knee and ankle above the heart and compression. And it's not icing like people have thought for so many years and continue to think um, you know you need to remember that when you have an injury you have trauma to the area you have uh, an increased blood flow to the region you have increased capillary membrane permeability like I'm not a physiologist but I'm going to try to explain this as as uh, easily as possible you know, and because that increased capillary membrane permeability, that allows these larger white blood cells to come into the interstitial space to help, you know, with this inflammatory process and help process, and it helps to get rid of some of that, you know, dead or bad tissue that is uh, in that space, along with um, opening up that capillary membrane permeability and allowing these white blood cells in comes plasma proteins. Well, plasma proteins are also large cells that get through and uh, they sit in the interstitial space and guess what plasma proteins do? They attract water. So what is swelling? Swelling is mostly water. What happens if you put ice on, on water? Not a whole heck of a lot, okay? So Ice does not get rid of swelling. Now, ice can be helpful in the first 12 hours or so to help, you know, control hemorrhaging into the area. But after that, after the swelling is established, putting ice on it will not get rid of it. So I like to elevate the uh, leg and I also like to uh, put some compression on it. Um, so... The two reasons we use compression are to decrease swelling and, and effusion and to increase proprioceptive feedback, all right? So 
Remember, effusion causes reflex inhibition or quad shutdown. So that can be real detrimental when somebody has an injury and they lose that ability to contract their quad. You lose strength. You become atrophied. Uh, you lose that control um, when you're descending stairs, squatting, uh, doing anything that requires that quad, which is a lot of activity. Um, and your proprioception is also affected when you have a knee injury. Uh, so the total skin contact that you have from a knee sleeve can help give feedback um, to where your joint is in space, all right? And I see this all the time. You put a knee sleeve on a patient who has some swelling, they've had a knee injury, and all of a sudden they say, wow, my knee feels so much more stable, and they actually improve their gait. Uh, this is classic. I've seen this over time, and even some of the research shows that gait is improved with just the use of a, uh, a knee compression sleeve. So let's talk about what to look for in a good compression sleeve. First of all, your sleeve needs to be long enough. If it's too short and it just goes above the knee and just below the knee, then it's going to bunch up in the back. Um, every time you flex that knee or squat and it's going to give you some compression back there, it can aggravate your Baker's cyst, which is very common with anybody who has effusion inside the knee. Now, it should also be made with a nice, comfortable material that breathes well and wicks moisture because if you're playing sports or you're a real active person, this can get really hot, right? And so what we want is we want to improve patient compliance and having a comfortable sleeve will do that. They'll be more likely to wear it more often, especially if they're up and on their feet and they're active. Um, I also like to look at the back of a knee sleeve to make sure that there's a soft spot in that popliteal space so that when you do flex the knee, it doesn't bunch up so much and doesn't um, get so irritated back there. So a good sleeve will have um, a redesign back there, as, which some of the old ones don't have, and they're much more comfortable. The other thing I like to see in a sleeve is something that has a mechanism to help hold it from sliding down. Now, if you have a real conical thigh, a large quad, let's say, and um, you know, it, it, and you have this conical configuration going down toward your knee. It's likely that that sleeve or any other brace is going to slide down your leg, right? Um, because it just is pushing it downhill. So, you know, if you can get some sort of a sleeve that has some silicone on the inside that can help stick to the skin a little bit better, that'll help prevent it from migrating down. Um, I also like to, you know, get a sleeve that has good compression. You don't want it to be real loose or creased in certain areas, especially when you're moving around, so that uh, you want to have good total contact. That's very important, and that'll make it much more comfortable also. It's also important that you don't become misled or don't let your patients become misled by the nice little hingy thing that they have on the medial side and lateral side. It's amazing that they put these in sleeves and they have absolutely no benefit. It's no different than just a little coiled spring or a little coiled wire to make it look like there is a medial and lateral stability, but it offers no stability whatsoever. Sometimes these are just a little piece of leather or rubber. Uh, and it makes it look like there's a hinge there to give it more support. And really, it there is zero benefit to having those in there. All right. It's very deceiving and it's, uh, uh, it is deceptive marketing in my opinion. But that's only my opinion, right? So remember, 
this is not a knee joint stability brace, you know, like one that you would see for somebody who has an ACL tear or an MCL tear, where you're really trying to stabilize the tibia on the femur and trying to prevent varus or valgus or an anterior shear. Um, these are not the same, okay? These work well for anything that causes effusion, such as meniscus tears, post-operative swelling. Uh, you, you can use it for ACLs, PCLs, and MCLs. If there is swelling, they are beneficial, but they will not give you that strong stability that you are looking for in a brace. But I use these a lot uh, preoperatively to decrease swelling because if we know they're going to have surgery, we want there to be less effusion and less risk of arthrofibrosis afterwards. So I'll use them preoperatively and postoperatively. I might hold off. I might not use it immediately after surgery, especially if they have sutures or glue uh, over the arthroscopic portals or over an incision. Sliding that up and down can interrupt that. So I give them a couple weeks till they have those sutures, staples, whatever it might be taken out uh, and uh, we're not at risk of uh, reopening those incisions. Um, so that is the scoop, folks. Uh, there you have it. Uh, pretty much all you need to know about compression knee sleeves. Oh, oh, oh I forgot. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about my favorite knee sleeves. There are so many to choose from. I mean, thousands of sleeves out there. It is so difficult to figure out what works for you. And um, you know, but if you find something that you like, stick with it. And that's what I've done. Uh, I'll give you my two favorite knee sleeves. My number one choice um, is a sleeve that I've been using for over 20 years. It's called the Jenny Train Knee Sleeve by Bauerfind. These sleeves take a beating. They're super comfortable. There's a nice silicone ring around the patella, so you're not compressing the patella into the femur very hard, but you're decreasing that swelling in the space where it does swell around the kneecap. Um, and I really like that. Some of these have a silicone inner lining that uh, helps to hold it in place. And so I really like the Jenny Train knee sleeve. Uh, I've seen people use them over and over and over, and, and athletes use them, and they really hold up well. They breathe nicely, and they've been made out of um, you know excellent materials. The only downfall to this brace, in my opinion, is the price. Uh, but again, you uh, get what you pay for, right? So a little bit pricier sleeve, not quite as bad as it has been in the past, but uh, they do hold up very well, and uh, you can't go wrong with the Bauerfine Genutrain knee sleeve. Um, the last two or three years, I was looking for something that was a little less expensive. So um, I did get the Incrediware knee sleeve. I thought that it was a little hyped up, so I got one and tried it myself and absolutely loved it. So I started utilizing this with patients. They're a little less expensive. They're super comfortable. I love the material. There's nice constant compression from the calf up to the thigh, and um, patients wear them, and uh, I get zero complaints about the Incrediware knee sleeve. And so um, those are my two favorite sleeves, they're the only ones I use unless somebody says, listen, I can't spend more than $10 on a sleeve. I might send them to a local store uh, to see what they can get, you know, some, uh, you know, 
big box store where they can get something a little bit cheaper, but typically they don't fit as well. They don't hold up as well and uh, they lose their elasticity. That's another issue with a knee sleeve. You don't want it to lose that elasticity over time. So um, those are my two favorites. I do have a video I just did about the two of them. Um, so I'll have that in the links of the show note uh, for you to check out if you did want to see what they look like. And, and um, I do talk about a few more aspects of those sleeves that I like. So with that being said, I hope you continue to enjoy what OEP is bringing to you. Tell your colleagues, classmates, and friends about us. And don't forget, be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com.